and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Look, once again, I hope that you've had a great time with the Lord. I hope that you've been spending time with Him in prayer and also in His Scripture, because the day is very quickly approaching where we're all going to end up seeing Him face-to-face. I saw an interesting uh, uh, video the other night, just as something that my pastor suggested for me to watch on, around the Bema Seat Judgment, and there is no greater time than right now to be about his business. You know, the BBC judgment for those that don't know is when it's not necessarily about your sins. It's not about the things that, you know, the, the things that have been covered underneath the blood, but it's about what you did with him after you were saved. Did you work for him? Did you do the things for him that, that he called you to do? What did you do with the gifts? What did you do with the talents? And then you reap rewards for it. And it's a very powerful, powerful message. So if you get a chance, um, to look it up. I would definitely look at it. It's on YouTube. It was, uh, back in 2003 from crusade for Christ, but, uh, check it out because it's, it really is telling, particularly for those that did not do any work for the Lord or did not go forward with the Lord or you know just kind of stayed at salvation and, and didn't build upon the foundation that was laid with the the apostles and the prophets. So just check it out if you get a chance because it, it really is important. So we are going to switch gears here um, in this podcast. And, and I need to apologize because I have not been the most consistent around this. And there's been some reasons for that with family things going on and, and some other things. But at the end of the day, something I'm, I am re-energized with and something I will be more consistent on, particularly as we kind of go through this next uh, really intense study. We've been talking a lot about kind of the end and what's happening in the end and what's kind of been going on in, in the earth. And, and as things come up and as things kind of go into place, I'll probably talk a little bit about that as we go forward. But we're really going to talk about the first six chapters in Genesis for the foreseeable future. And the reason we're going to talk about the first six chapters here is because there is a significant amount of history in those first six chapters. In fact, the first six chapters of the Bible cover 1,656 years to the flood of Noah. Um, And I think that's a significant amount, but even more so it was Jesus who said in Matthew 24, 36 through 39, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So I think it's important for us to understand how it was in the days of Noah. And really, we in order to do that, you have to start back at creation because there's so much jam-packed in those first six chapters of Genesis. So we're going to walk through all of these things, um, starting with Genesis 1-1 and really go through into the flood of Noah. So we're going to talk about the first 10 generations that were here on this earth. And the reason ultimately for that is not just because Jesus said that, you know, so as it was in the days of Noah, so will be in the coming of the Son of Man, but also Solomon kind of explained this too in Ecclesiastes 1, 8 through 11, he said, all things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, 
nor will there be any remembrance of the things that are to come by those who will come after. And I think that's really telling, right? Because there is a whole generation there that we really don't have the full understanding of. There's a whole kind of area there in the first 10 generations that we don't know what life was like. We don't know what things were. And, and we talk about our advanced civilizations and those types of things. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not an ancient alien type guy. But I do believe that being that close to when we were created, I do think, and just given the lifespans, I do think that man was stronger. I do think that man was probably smarter and more intelligent back then. I think they had uh, they didn't have this truncated view of the supernatural, if you will, but lived it every single day. Because let's not forget that Adam walked in the cool of the garden with the Lord. Let's not forget that spirits walked the the earth alongside of mankind. And we'll kind of talk through that as we get through the into the first sections of Genesis, right? But in order to truly understand where we're at, in order to truly understand what it is in the days of Noah, we have to start here at the beginning and in Genesis 1.1. And we're going to use some extra biblical works here too. We're going to use the book of Jasher. We're going to use some of the writings of Josephus. I may even pull in the book of Jubilees um, for a little bit because they give additional context to the things that we're kind of talking about. And they can kind of lay out maybe a different picture I shouldn't say a different picture than what the Bible says, but just give more clarity to what the Bible says around these things. So um, we're going to talk a lot of different things. We're going to talk about a lot of of um, of teachings around this, and we're going to talk about, frankly, some controversial topics too, but that's okay, because I think it's important that we understand, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man, which is soon, soon approaching. Amen. And before we kind of get into that, I will give you this one nugget from what's been happening in the world. So we know that Saudi Arabia and Iran recently signed a treaty together to kind of restart diplomatic relations and that they are talking about potentially joining BRICS, which is the Brazil, Russia, India, China, um, South Africa, uh, kind of the the equivalent of NATO right on the other side. And I think it's telling here because the scripture said, and at least in the in the statue of Daniel, or the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, I should say, in the book of Daniel, you, we know that at the end there's iron mixed with clay and then the ten toes. But the problem here is that the iron we know represents the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire has continued on through America, and and the America represents the Roman Empire in this in, in this current day. And there's there's a whole other teaching on that that I'm not going to get into. But what the BRICS does, though, is that it it's a rival to NATO, and that's what's trying to be built right now by these other powers in the world. And if you remember, BRICS back in the old days were made with clay that were dried in the sun. And I think that's important here because they're trying to rival NATO. And if you look at NATO outside the United States and Canada, the vast majority of those countries fell under Roman rule. So you see there an iron mixed with clay that is beginning to form as we transition into this next segment, as we start to see power once again shift back to the east, um, back to China and Russia, because unfortunately the United States is is really not being of the political, economic, and then also military military power that it once was. So as we see that happen, that's going to continue to happen because it's what Scripture says until finally the Antichrist does come into into play and ultimately the rapture. So it's important to be to be watching the news it's important to be understanding what's going on because there is a lot going on right now 
Amen. So before we kind of get started, once again, um, you know, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you would like a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me a note at path to redemption Ohio at gmail.com. I am here to give you one. Also, don't forget, I do have my, my book out that's called Grace Abounds. I will be more than happy to get one into your hands for free. All you have to do is drop me a note at path to redemption Ohio at gmail. Dot com. And then finally, once again, don't take my word for any of this. Make sure you study to show yourself approved unto God. Make sure that you recognize what God has for you, what he's trying to teach you, the things that he wants you to know, and make sure you're being led by that spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And if you need help in terms of being led by the Holy Spirit, I challenge you to go check season one of this podcast where we talk about what it is to be led by the spirit, what it is to be led by unction, by the voice of the Lord, by dreams and visions, and even by other other ministers. So go back and check that out as well. So with that being understood, let's go ahead and let's dive into the book of Genesis. And we're only going to cover two days in this particular one, and then we'll we'll keep working on on the next couple of days um, in the next episode. But in Genesis 1-1, the Bible starts out and it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There are 10 words in this first verse of the Bible, but it is backed with so much meaning. Here, the word for created is bara, and this means to create out of nothing. Clearly, God created Um, out of nothing, the heavens and the earth. How we don't know, or what we don't know, I should say, is that is how he actually did it. We know that his word framed the foundations. We know that his word holds the foundations of the earth in place. But, and we know that in some areas it says that he said, you know, let there be this or let there be that. But how it was actually formed, we don't know. Because we don't know how the earth really came into being outside of what the scripture says. And it says that he created it. It did not say that he spoke it into existence. It says that he created it. He made it out of nothing. But here's the other thing it says is that in verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And I want you to look at this really here. Like The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. You see, this really is contrary to the very nature of God and, frankly, to who he is. Being without form and void, another way to put that is to be without purpose, without reason, right? And we know for a fact that anything that God creates, he creates it for a purpose. He would never create anything to be void or anything like that. And it's here that I want to pause and make sure that that you know and understand that as we go through this creation story, I'm also going to lay out that the plan of salvation is actually embedded in that creation story. Because think about yourself or think about me. You know, I was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, right? I was in sin. I had no idea what who Christ was or what Christ had come to be or anything like that. So I was in the same spot that the earth was. But again, I wasn't just created in that state, right? I had come to that state due to the fall of Adam, due to the fall of mankind, due to my own sins, the things that I had wanted, the things that I had desired. So there's a gap there, right? And I truly, truly believe that we don't have any idea how old the earth is. I truly believe that there was a pre-Adamite world a world that God had created that ultimately he destroyed with water because the earth was, again, without form and void. It did not have purpose at that moment in time. And we also don't know how soon it was 
when Satan fell after that, right? We know that, that Jesus said that he beheld Satan fall like lightning. But on the flip side of that, though, you know, if Satan was in the garden as the serpent, he had to have already fallen. So we just don't know what that pre-Adamite world was like, or if Satan was part of it, or what all happened. And there's not a ton of scripture to really talk about that. There's some speculatory scriptures, I would say, where you could could kind of craft a little bit of a of a teaching around it, but not enough to say concretely that this is exactly what happened or, or this is what it was. But importantly, though, is that this is the plan of salvation embedded into the creation narrative, right? Into the creation story. And I hate calling it a story because it's not. This is what happened. But it's here again that I want to pause and make sure you know that. Because don't forget that the Old Testament is types and shadows of the new. Even Colossians chapter 2, starting at verse 13, says this, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. The creation story is the exact same way. And I just want to make sure that 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 kind of foundation is in your head as we kind of go forward here, because you're going to see through this whole thing. Christ and the path of redemption and ultimately what it is to kind of come into the fullness of who he is and through maturity in the first, you know, six, six days of creation. So I think it's important for us to understand that as we kind of go forward. But again, here, as we kind of know that that's let, let out, we know that we were in that same spot. We were dark and without form and void and, and, but it took the spirit of God hovering over the face of our waters. What does that mean? When we all felt that pull to give our life to Jesus Christ, that was the spirit of the Lord moving over our waters. That was the spirit of the Lord pulling us into salvation, calling us and saying, I need you or not even so much that, or I want you where he said that it was him finding us, right? Because we were the ones that were lost. He was never lost. So then what happens in day one, it says, then, then God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So as we felt that pool and we felt that spirit of the Lord moving upon the face of our waters, what ended up happening? We ended up accepting Jesus Christ. And then the light that was Jesus Christ pierced our darkness and ultimately illuminated us and gave us that first day, that first real day of our lives where we didn't have to worry. We didn't have to think about that. We knew we had a salvation in Jesus. And that was the first day of our of our transformation. And Jesus literally said in our own lives, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, meaning his son, and that it was good. And he divided the light from the darkness. There was a separation. Our sins went one way into what the old timers would call the sea of forgetfulness, which even though that's technically not in scripture, he says that I'll remember your sins no more, um, or that I, it, it's 
the sea of forgetfulness, that phrase is not actually in scripture, but the concept itself is still true, right? Where he would not remember our sins anymore. Our darkness went one way and a light came into us. And ultimately, God called the light day and he called the darkness night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. And again, we were no different. The spirit of the Lord had to move upon the face of our waters in order for us to accept Jesus Christ and then ultimately have the light pierce through us and ultimately shine through us, right? Because without the illumination of Jesus Christ and the recognition that I needed a savior, that I need a salvation, that I still need a salvation and a savior, it, we wouldn't be able to walk in the light of him right? We need to be in that light constantly. And that really is what forms the foundation. Coming to that knowledge, that knowledge that Jesus Christ is what we need. And again, God called it good because it was looking at his son. And then day two, it says, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus, God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament from the waters, which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, I really want to kind of point out something here. The word in verse 7 for made is not the same word used in Genesis 1.1. The word is yis, which means to make, but it means to make like a cake, like to bake something, to prepare something. See, you don't make a cake out of nothing, but rather you use ingredients to make something. This implies that God remade the firmament. And that's where I go back and I kind of go back to the to the beginning here when I was talking about the pre-Adamite world. The, the word is different when you look at the original Hebrew. It has different implications. To remake something means to reform it, to change its shape. And that's what God was doing here with the earth. He was changing the earth to be dark and without form and void. He brought light into it. It, and now he was going to make a purpose out of it, right? And what is that purpose that was going to come out? The purpose was going to be for the herbs of the field and the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the animals that go on the earth to sustain life, right? And what you're going to find as we kind of go through this is that when Jesus Christ comes into our life and shines that light there for us, we then are remade and reformed for a purpose, Okay, and the reason that we are is because God wants to use us to sustain life. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that God wants to use us in a ministry work. God wants to use us to help other people. God wants us to encourage one another. God wants us to pray for one another. Or God ultimately wants us to fulfill the ministry and the work that he has for us. Now, whatever that is, is between you and God. I can't tell you what that is you know, without having to pray about it and without asking God about what it is. But regardless here, if you have a purpose and you have a reason for being, and it is God that has reformed you and reshaped you into that purpose. Now, why do I say that? Because in, in, Second Corinthians chapter five, starting at verse 16, here's what Paul says about this. He says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away.
away, behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So I want you to put this into perspective here, right? So we have a pre-Adamite world that has ultimately been destroyed by water. We have the Lord then, you know, reshape with his spirit moving across the, the waters. We have an earth that is dark and void and without purpose. And then instantly light comes to that world, right? And then ultimately God begins to reshape it and separates the firmament. He separates the night from the day in order to reshape it for a purpose, right? Think about that in terms of our own salvation. We had a previous life that had to, frankly, be destroyed. We reached a point in our lives, oftentimes, at least this was the way it was with me, and I know it's the way it was with quite a few people that I know that that are saved, where we recognized that we didn't have a purpose in our life, that we felt a void, an emptiness. We were without purpose and without reason outside of Christ, until finally the light of Christ comes. We feel his spirit move upon us. We feel his spirit pull us in to where we really want to go ahead and give our lives over to him. We do it and his light comes on instantly. And we suddenly we see who he is. We understand who he is. And we we truly know that he died on the cross for us and was resurrected on the third day. So then there's a separation between our sin and between what we are in Christ. And why is that important? Because our sins are remembered no more. And all that we have is the life that we live in now in Christ Jesus through his blood and through his death and his resurrection. So there's a separation there between us, right? Our old world is done away with. Our old world has passed away. But here's a new world that we're walking into, right? And now it is time for God to move us and remake us for a purpose, right? So what does he end up doing? He divides a firmament in the midst of the waters, and he divides the waters from the waters, basically meaning, okay, he divides the spirit portion of us from our flesh portion of us. Because once you come to salvation, yes, your sins are forgiven, your darkness is put away, but you still have flesh and carnality that has to be dealt with, right? It's it's Paul that says in Galatians that we have got to crucify the flesh, right? And that if we don't walk in the if we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, that we will not fulfill the loss of the flesh, right? So if we do that and we understand that, then we know that there's a separation, an additional separation between the things of the spirit and between the things of the flesh. And that's what he's talking about here in day two. Thus God made the firmament and waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. There's a separation between our flesh and our spirit. Suddenly, our, we can still follow God. We can still be led by the Lord. We can still do those things with God. But our flesh will always be a hindrance, right? Just like there are things that can happen in heaven that struggle to happen on earth. But at the end of the day, as we move forward and as we kind of go forward, our flesh can then die. Our flesh can be can be crucified with Christ so that ultimately we can live more for him and walk more in the spirit than we ever have before, right? But we become something new. He takes the old shell of who we were, right, and casts it away and separates it and remakes us into a vessel 
to be used by him. He then takes us as the potter does the clay and puts us on the on the thing that the potter uses and begins to shape us and mold us. And that's exactly what he did here with the firm. It's separating the earth, which is the flesh, from heaven, which is the spirit. So understanding that then, we recognize that there was a pre-Adamite world. We recognize that this world was remade from the things before. And then ultimately we push forward and allow Christ to remake make us and reshape us into whatever it is for a purpose. And we're going to talk about that purpose next time as we start talking about what the earth is about to bring forth. But before the earth can bring forth anything, he's got to reshape it and remake it, right? And that's what he has to do with us. If he does not reshape and remake us, then we cannot have a purpose and we cannot have anything to go with us because seed can't take root people. And if seed can't take root, then plant can't grow. If plants can't grow, that means that the that the birds of the air or the the animals in the sea or the the animals on land are never going to be able to be supported without seed growing on the earth, right? So that's why there has to be a separation here. So we're going to kind of get to that here in a few or here next time, but I hope you you're understanding here because it is very very important. And all of this, I promise, has a purpose in what we're going to talk about in terms of the end because again, Solomon said that there is nothing new under sun. Everything that has been that has happened happened in ancient days, and that everyone had forgotten about it. So we're going to take a look at those ancient days in detail and really, really start to push forward and understand how this affects in the end times, how this leads up to the days of Noah. Because if we understand that the plan of redemption is in creation, and I can lay that out for you over the next couple of episodes, then ultimately you can understand how big that fall from Adam really was and how much iniquity was driven through it, right? And we're even going to talk about the iniquity of, of, of Lucifer and what happened with that as well, because that's all part and parcel of this after we get through creation. So look, I, I hope you got something out of this again. Don't forget about the website, um, path to redemption ministries.com. Lots of good articles out there. Also, you can download my book from there. And then again, if you want a copy, just feel free to drop me a note here and let me just, I'll get one out to you. No problem. Free of charge. I'll ship it out for you. It's really about just making sure and helping people grow into the the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ. That's really what's so important here for me. That's all I want to see. That's literally it. I just want people to, to know who Jesus is and to be able to, to grow into who he is. Amen. That's literally it. So this week's song of the week is actually going to come from Tyrion. Uh, I've been really, really liking uh, her latest album here. It is just uh, it's just a really, really good album. Um, and I think it's one that that um, they should check out. It's called Genesis of Tyrion. And the song is Give Me That Joy. Really just a, a fun song. So if you get a chance, give me that joy from the Genesis of Tyrion. Um, really fun song. Got to the opportunity to see her and uh, Toby Mac just a couple weeks ago with uh, my son and my wife. And it was a blast to say the least. So uh, really excited about this one. But it was it's a good song. Check it out. And remember, we have the joy of the Lord, right? Even though these times are going to get tough and even though these times are going to get worse as it continues to go on, 
we have the joy of the Lord, right? And we can rely on him and he will watch out for us. All we have to do is follow him, be led by his spirit and do the things that he asks us to do. And everything will be just fine. It'll be according to his will. So again, until next time, just remember this simple truth. The father loves you. Jesus loves you. And the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless. God bless.